Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast. Hi and welcome to episode 57 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. We're excited you're here to join us. And, uh, you know, Emily has been doing a lot of work on scheduling these guests. Uh, so uh, it's been great. And, uh, you know, as you get close to 60 shows in, you know, having some new some new blood uh, in the show is always good. So, uh, Emily, if you want to mind uh, introducing who our guest is this week. I would love to. So this week we have, I feel like I said this every week, another one of my favorite people in the industry. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with this guy over at American Outdoor Brands. We worked on some brands like Lockdown, Caldwell, and he's a super, super talented individual when it comes to the visual arts, but he's also got an amazing nonprofit that he works with. So I want to give a warm welcome to my friend, Cameron Cushman. Hi, Cam. Hey guys, how are you? Good. 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 How are you, Cam? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just got back from about a month's worth of travel, so kind of figuring out the schedule again with home life with four kids and a wife and all that stuff. My wife's working now too, so that creates even more of a challenge for when I go on these work trips for you know a month at a time or so. So I know I was I was filling Dustin in on how busy your life is with four kids, awesome wife, crazy job, also your nonprofit. I mean, I don't know how you do it all, but you do it pretty well. So, yeah. So, I mean, just just start out, Cam, if you wouldn't mind just kind of maybe telling people what would be on the front page of your resume. You know, what what do you do? Kind of how how you got there, and then we could uh, go a little more in depth into into each one of those things. But uh, give us that that book jacket blurb bio, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Cameron Cushman, I'm like thirty something years old, thirty three or so. Um, so I got into the creative field uh, kind of right out of high school. Uh, did photography for a few years, and then uh, one day I was like, you know what? I need to do something a little bit more exciting, and uh, I felt the desire to <clears throat> join the military. So, joined the army, um, and you know, I went and did my ASVAB and all that stuff, and basically told them, hey, the only thing I want to do is infantry. So just put that down as as what I want to do. And they tried talking me out of it. Uh, all my recruiters were not infantry, like combat MOS guys. So they were trying to get me to go do some, something like that, but not my thing. Um, and so did six years in the army, uh, four years at Fort Wainwright, Alaska, um, 12 months out of there was spent in Afghanistan, Zabul province. Uh, so in the Kalat city area. And then when I got back, um, Shortly after PCS to Fort Hood, Texas, which if you've been to Fort Hood, it's not the greatest place on earth. Definitely not a good military base. Um, but I fell in love with Texas. And uh, and so kind of towards the end, I uh, had some health issues and there's really no way for me to make uh, to make that a short story. So we won't go too much into that. But uh, basically had two hernias in my upper stomach. Um which is causing a, a whole mess of problems. And, um, that ended up paralyzing my stomach. I had a surgery that paralyzed the stomach, uh, due to a surgeon cutting a nerve that she wasn't supposed to. And so, uh, obviously the military at that point was like, well, you're no use to us anymore. So, um, time to skedaddle. And so medically retired, um, and kind of my last few months, I, as I was transitioning out, I decided to kind of, I was still shooting content through the, my time in the army. Um, but I decided to 
learn the film side of things. So moved more into the video world. And then when I got out, I moved back to Vero Beach, Florida, which is where I'm from. And uh, just kind of started doing a lot more filmmaking, more in the fishing space. Uh, kind of when I got out, I separated myself completely from anything military related. Uh, just kind of was over that. And um, and so kind of this little hatred towards the military, I guess, after the surgeon kind of botched my whole system up. But um, I found this like healing power in the outdoors and uh was producing ended up producing a fishing show uh got involved with my nonprofit after their first trip so i've been involved with the iron freedom foundation since um our second trip um and then covid hit and uh before the industry knew what was going to happen um and the outdoor industry had boomed you know but it hadn't yet and so uh the show that i was producing for the outdoor channel was next for the next season and uh so i was off to look for more work and it was kind of my first time looking for full-time work coming from the freelance side of things as a creative um and uh i couldn't find work anywhere and somebody messaged me on instagram and said hey uh, I work with this company called American Outdoor Brands, and we, we'd like to talk to you about bringing you on. And I said, all right, let's jump on a call. Um, we jumped on a call and he said, we're located in Missouri. And I, I laughed uh, <laughs> and said, as most people do uh, when you say you're yeah, thinking about going to Missouri. <laughs> for sure. You know, I, I laughed. I said, well, I'm not really sure how I feel about Missouri. Um, and so. Uh, long story short, obviously, I, I did show up to Missouri. Um, and I actually started on the fishing side of things. And uh, I and saw And then we brought him to the dark the, side. <laughs> yeah, I got pulled over. Basically, I saw that that side of... I, I, it's always referred to as that side of the wall. And you Yeah, know, we have a wall um, at, at American Outdoor Brands. There, there, yeah, there is, a, there is a physical wall there. Um, there is. But you know, there is definitely a wall. And so I moved to the marksman side. Uh, so mostly because they hadn't had anybody in, I'm guessing it, I think it was almost a year that since had Nick been had while. been there. And, um, and so I was like, Hey, listen, I, I can jump over there. That's too easy. And I know it'll be easier to find somebody to replace me because there's a heck lot more creatives in the outdoor fishing, you know, space than there is in the firearm space. Um, and so I moved over to uh, the Marksman Lane and and now, um, you know, kind of been running with Caldwell, Wheeler, Tipton and Frankfurt Arsenal. Uh, and then I'm doing a lot of work still with uh, Crimson Trace and, and Lockdown, especially now that we're down a guy on that side. So I'm kind of kind of running all of them over there. Yeah. Very good. Crazy. It's just, I mean, you know, it's so funny. I love hearing Cam's story. Cam could probably have made that story last our whole podcast because he does have some of the best life stories. So I just, if you ever meet Cam, ask him some questions about his life and he'll definitely entertain. <laughs> yeah. But thank yeah, you for the we condensed could, we version. We could stay for like six. Yeah. We could stay for like seven or eight hours. If we really <laughs> wanted off to change batteries out a few times. But yeah. Marathon no, style. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Most interesting man alive, really. <laughs> the, you know, so, so one thing, one thing that I'm just, uh, you know, a, a little intrigued about with what you do on the content production side, um, because I think, you know, those of us sitting around this table, around this computer, the three of us know, and anybody watching or listening that works in this space knows that 
you know, content is king and, and Good not, not just our industry, but in everybody's industry. Absolutely. If you have any sort of digital presence at all or, or broadcast presence at all. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, what it takes to produce it, to curate it, to put it out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, a it's kind of a, a hurdle. And I know that this could be said about, uh, multiple industries, but I always go by, you know, the rule of three of you could either have it uh, quick, cheap, or excellent pick two. You know, you can't have all three at, at, at the same time. And that's why, you know, even here, you know, we do make a lot of stuff in house, but there's a lot of stuff that we don't, you know, on, on the content side, you know, there's certain things that like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, me and Emily, we got to keep the social feeds and the website going and making packaging and helping with branding and doing all that sort of stuff. So we can't be, you know, out on like a month long shoot and, uh, uh, doing all that sort of stuff. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that's, uh, also a pay to play. I mean, you got to have the gear. Not only do you have to have the talented people to do it, but you, you got to have the gear, you got to have the place, you got to have the scenery, you got to have the tools, you know, to, to do the job, you know, so I'm just, you know, curious, um, you know, for the audience members that are interested in this side of, you know, the, the firearms or the outdoors or the sportsman type, uh, industry, you know, what did you kind of cut your teeth on when, especially when you were in the military and coming out, uh, about really starting to, to get yourself known and, and, uh, make, you know, make a portfolio, you know, what were some of the projects that you were doing? What were some of the, you know, ups and downs and that just kind of, how did, how did you cut your teeth, uh, on the professional side of it? No, you know, it's super funny. It's such a, <clears throat> it's a, a very easy and a very hard industry to get into and especially to make money. Uh, you know, and now, especially with, with what's going on with this pandemic thing, um, you know, talent, of it, ta talent is key. Uh, but at the same time, you need to make sure that you're getting out in front of people. Um, and, and I would say like, if we're going to direct it, you know, kind of to the firearms industry, that, that may be one of the hardest industries to get into as a creative because you're basically immediately going to be shadow banned by every social media platform at this point in time you know like yeah. if you're posting anything super heavy firearms related you're just digging yourself a grave yeah. uh you know my personal page i've made a few firearms posts or in my stories and i just found out the well i've known that i kind of gone in and out of shadow bands but somebody the other day said they hadn't seen any of my posts in about eight months uh which which is insane. Um, but kind of how I really, uh, got started and kind of how I, I was able to progress through various roles from, you know, just starting out and doing the stuff that everybody does when they start out, like clothing lines and, and shoot, you know, startup shoes and sandals companies, like doing stuff like that is kind of where I started and weddings, always weddings those yes. everybody if you say you <laughs> yeah. haven't filmed a wedding you're a liar <laughs> every photographer so, i know i think has filmed at least yeah. one wedding for for sure and i mean it's a great way to make you know money to to pay to to pay to play because you know there's you have to make like what's called a spec uh, like spec reels and it's basically like you're making an advertisement for somebody 
um, that's not hiring you, but that's who you want to work for. And so like, say you're a guy that wants to do work for, you know, Ferrari, you go and rent a Ferrari and then you film a bunch of stuff with it in a day and then you make a spec ad. And then you post that everywhere in hopes that one, the more you build that portfolio, that an actual agency is going to see you and then say, oh, dang, this guy makes some sick car stuff. And, you, you know, you invested in yourself. So, like, investing in yourself is huge, um, which I we did a lot of. Uh, but I if, if we're going to me and what kind of got me, I would say, all of my work uh, was a trip that we a film called chasing natives me and my buddy marcos uh marcos, marcos. Said hi, by the way shout Emily. out to marcos uh, oh man <laughs> he's awesome hi marcos yeah, i hope you're listening great dude um but he uh me and him did a trip across the country and back so eight thousand it was like seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine miles when we pulled back in my driveway but we did a trip across the country uh fly fishing for native trout and we targeted 10 species on the trip and uh, we made this short film called chasing natives and that film i contribute to all of my work since then so basically that film got me my next trip which was this big project to alaska filming and and photographing stuff for this lodge and then that got me the tv show and then the tv show got me you know a lot of other things and there was obviously more projects in there as well um and then the tv show was a, obviously a huge selling point for any kind of position like you know with american outdoor brands like oh this guy produced the tv show for the outdoor channel so um you know don't, you don't need to go crazy with investing in gear but you definitely need like decent gear don't waste your time with school uh, I, some people may argue that one. I, I did school for a little bit for filmmaking. I didn't learn a single thing, um, <laughs> cause I, I was ahead of the curve. And so, you know, in school, you're always waiting on the slowest person to begin with, no matter what it is. You know, you're, if, if you're in a math class, whoever the slowest person, the slowest learner is you're on their schedule. And so I was shooting on my own while they were only shooting for assignments. And so I left school. Invest in your business before you invest in school if you're trying to become a creative in the filmmaking or photography space. But, you know, get get a decent little gear, get a prime lens. Uh, watch a lot of YouTube. YouTube yeah. is like the 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 world's best, you know, like knowledge based library there is. I mean, period. You can learn. I learned how to ride a motorcycle on YouTube in 2007. You know, yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, before Google owned it, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that is something that I think is 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 really interesting on the creative side, regardless of industry. Is like like you were saying, you know, having those specs, having those, having that real, having that portfolio, because you're right. There are certain jobs that you absolutely have to go to school. And not that going to school would hurt you in the creative way, unless you let it hurt you. But you also right. have you you have to be the type of person that's like, if I know I need to learn something, I need to be a self-starter here. Like I need to go and learn it and I need to go and try it. You know, you yeah. know, you, you need to just do it. And sometimes it does mean, like you said, the, like one job led you to the next one, led you to the next one, because it is like a stair step. And I had to do something similar when I did, uh, I did some like radio work. And I remember when I would be working with different stations, they would give me like a rando list of sponsors. And I would have to like write copy and cut fake commercials for these companies that I don't know. Any, you know what I mean? Like they're not yeah. actually paying me yet. I don't know anything about them. And, you know, it's like 
was my goal to write and produce a commercial about a roofing company? No. I don't know. Uh, maybe. But, <laughs> I don't know your but, dreams. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, you kind of, you kind of got to build it up. And, and also too, I think you hit a major thing that, uh, Sometimes people are surprised to hear from us uh, uh, of the shadow banning on social and what you can and can't do to promote. Um, You know, like a lot of people don't really wrap their heads around the fact like, yo, like if you sell guns on your website, they're not going to let you run a Google ad. Like that's just not happening. They're not going to let you run a Facebook ad today. We had, and it's probably going to happen when I say it now, today we did a, just kind of like a a joke video, like just like a kind of like a little satire mean tweets video for, for Faxon. And, uh, I said the word quarantine and on Facebook, boop. You know, learn more about COVID vaccine stations in your area. And I mean, we're getting posts taken down a lot as well. Just like not even... You know, a lot of like if you guys follow us on Instagram, we have what we call white posts. And a lot of times they highlight different products we have available. And Instagram will take them down pretty regularly saying that we're, you know, trying to sell like illegal goods. Yeah. And I always fight them and they almost always get put back up. But just, you know, we do in this industry. You're exactly right. We have a lot more obstacles right now. So when people finally do get to your page some way or another, the content has to be good enough for them to hit follow or they'll never see you again. Yep. Yeah. So that's and absolutely. And even when they hit follow, they still might not yeah. see you again. So do your best. <laughs> even <Yeah>. then. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you know, like if you got, I mean, if you, if anyone follows, you know, Caldwell shooting supplies, that's a lot of cams work um, as well as crimson trace. And, you know, you'll see some really awesome videos that maybe you wouldn't have seen before. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, we love working with those guys, but cam has definitely uh, shown that he's one of the most talented visual people I've ever met in this industry. And I get to work with a lot of really talented uh, visual designers and photographers. So, uh, you know, Cam, uh, we'll kind of switch gears a little bit, but Cam is doing some of this awesome work with a totally different industry entirely. Not really an industry. Uh, You have, you spoke about it a little bit before you have the Iron Freedom Foundation and that is your nonprofit. So, um, and you're the Chief Marketing Officer, correct? Chief Marketing Officer, yes, there, ma'am. There it is, Chief. the CMO. All right. Yeah, well, the CMO. Um, give us the skinny on that. Just you know, fill us in. Um, we we really wanted to tell our followers more about this awesome foundation and just kind of give them a little more insight as to what what you're doing with them. So, yeah. Yeah. So the Iron Freedom Foundation, it's a, you know, 501c3 nonprofit. Um, Our headquarters are in Midland, uh, Odessa area of Texas. So in the oil country of Texas. Um, And our founder, Will Cannon, uh, he basically kind of went through the whole ringer. um, Army, Cav Scout, loser. Uh, No offense (laughs) all the Cav Scout guys out there, but uh, infantry, gotta gotta give you a hard time. Um, No, so one of my greatest friends now, but, um, you know, deployed two two or three times active duty, got out, did the contracting thing, uh, came back, you know, lost friends both in the civilian sector of that contracting and then in the military. Um, Got back, uh, ended up finding out he had cancer like two months later 
and you know went through the ringer there with chemo and so he was like man i he found this healing power one day when he went fly fishing on this river and he's like man i, I need to get out here more i gotta share this with other veterans i gotta show these guys this i gotta bring them out here and so he volunteered his time with a bunch of other nonprofits. um and uh kind of what he was seeing was that like we're super grateful that there's a billion nonprofits out there because we can't reach everybody. I'll say that first off. Um, but he felt that it just wasn't enough. And so that's where the idea of the Iron Freedom Foundation came about. So kind of what separates us from all the other nonprofits out there, uh, at least a lot of the nonprofits, is that at the end of the trip, every all the veterans and first responders that we deal with get to go home with all the equipment. So we provide them like for for example, our fly fishing programs, we provide them with the tents, the, you know, the backpacks, the fly rods, the fly rails, the flies, every single thing that they would need to when they've gone, once they've gone through our program, which is anywhere from three to seven days, that they can go back home and then recreate that experience and those memories on their own. They're not like, where, what do I do here? You know, because a lot of nonprofits here, you use the gear while you're there and then the nonprofit takes it back for the next roundabout, which definitely that they're able to effectively help more people. Uh, and because we, you know, do such small groups and we're giving the gear where 99% of every dollar goes back to the veterans, we're all volunteer based. Um, it costs us a lot more money to, for every trip because we're buying, you know, all this gear for each veteran. And that's anywhere between four and 6,000 to outfit just one veteran. Um, and so, you know, giving them the tools, they now can go out and recreate it without having to go jump on Google or a lot of people may not want to reach back out to us like, hey, I, I, I know you taught me all this stuff, but what do I buy? You know, and so we eliminate that all together and give them all the gear um, so they're able to go back out and do it again. And uh, we have the kayak program. We just did our very first couples program, which I was kind of against um, at, at when it was being talked about but now if i could do everyone like that uh the importance of how the spouses got to see the veterans in like this different type of state of mind and and truly see how the outdoors have this healing power on the veterans was super powerful to see the spouses and uh that was that was one of my my yeah that was one of my favorites yeah (laughs) yeah yeah finding peace i believe that's what it's called i'm kind of getting to the point where my i'm forgetting the names of the films i've done but finding peace um if you watch that you can see it's super powerful it's a really short film it's only three minutes long um and we'll we'll we can insert um you know some footage from that right now really yeah (laughs) there's some there it's there's some playing right back there nice yeah well and i'd I'd love to set it up yeah, hey, don't yeah. worry, Dustin will get in and post. Yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely roll. We'll roll some of that Everyone footage. Makes it harder for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll a, roll no, some of that no, footage for uh, everybody to now. listen, and it'll drop now. It'll drop now. Press the buttons here yeah. and here. Um, we could even put it in the podcast. Yeah, oh, so you don't want anyway. to. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's uh, that's. That's something that I think, you know, echoes home with a lot of the people who follow Faxon as a brand. Um, And obviously we talked a little bit before the show, but, you know, our uh, uh, sister company, the company we were born from, uh, does a lot of work for the Department of Defense. It's it's a main part of their business. And um, having that affinity for for veterans um, and also I think it's uh, amazing that you and uh, the founder, 
you know, have literally treaded that same path as a lot of those people that, that you're working with and helping because now granted I didn't serve, but my, I've had many close friends that have and family members that have. And I think there's something to be said about what it's like after you get out. And I mean, you see all this stuff on the news about, you know, there's X number of homeless veterans, there's X number of veterans that are dealing with mental health issues and all that kind of stuff. And how do you just reacclimate? How do you reprogram yourself to have a regular civilian life? And I think a, a huge part of that is having, okay, what's like my time? You know, like, what is my release? What, where do I, you know, recharge, rekindle myself? Where do you find peace? Yeah. It's like you said, finding peace, it, you know, that's such, that's such a huge thing. And I mean, especially with, you know, the, the era of, um, you know, mental health awareness, um, you know, I still feel that, you know, veterans get overshadowed in that because not everybody could identify with it. You know, not everybody knows what it's like. Um, you know, to be right. active duty, enlisted overseas, you know, in combat and, and what it does to you. And fortunately for me on the creative side, I've gotten to interview and also shoot videos for veterans and, and do that sort of those types of profiles and things. And I'm never, uh, not amazed at the stories because you you think you know you think you've watched enough news you think you've seen enough movies uh to understand what's going on but when it's a real person that you're face to face with and really digging into with the the experiences and what it could do to you mentally physically emotionally uh is is just you know it's it's really overwhelming um you know to to somebody who who hasn't experienced it yeah, and when you talk about the face to face i mean that's that's what your kind of style is with your films cam that i've seen you know is you're you're just sitting down out on one of your trips and you're just interviewing yep. these veterans especially uh you know that that couples trip some of those videos are really powerful watching um you know husband and wife sitting there talking about his time in the service and how it affected him coming back and i think it's something you know people like us no matter how much we're you know exposed to it 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 can be really difficult for us to understand and then your videos just have a way of connecting us to that emotion that's that's so incredible and i i think you know like it, it is it's tough for us to understand what you guys have been through so i think by telling those stories you're you're helping kind of everyone understand a little bit better no yeah it's definitely i mean it's been a an absolute like privilege of mine to be able to share some of these stories and i filmed a bunch that you know that may never see the light of day um you know i film a lot more than what than you know what the films release uh <clears throat> we kind of get, we never force the veterans to sit down on, on camera. And so, um, some of them they'll say, Hey, you know, I'll sit down and then they'll text me later on. Hey, could you not use that film? And I'm never going to, you know, force somebody to sit in the chair. I'm never going to force somebody to, you know, be in the film. So, um, but every, every single person that we've had on these trips, their story is different and they're the same and they're, and different in a way. Uh, and even myself, who's like experienced it and, you know, I've got my own, you know, my own issues. Um, it's still like, it's hard as, as you were saying, like, it's hard to kind of understand what, you know, some of these guys are going through or even for myself, like 
I look one of my, you know, good buddies, I talk to him all the time and he's just been in a really bad place. And I, I just can't figure out, you know, what it is that we need to do for him. And unfortunately, a lot of this goes back to that transitional time between getting out of the military into civilian life. The military does an absolutely horrible job of it. Um, you're basically like, once you declare that you're getting out of the military, the military is going to make it known that you, you are useless now and you're a dirt bag and this, that, and that there is some good leadership out there that will discourage that, but that is just the mentality of it. And I can't say that I, I mean, I definitely was involved in that kind of culture as well. Um, especially in the infantry culture, it's just, it's kind of its own thing. Um, but how the transitional process is, is just, terrible and so and i think that's a problem with you know all first responders now and with you know with military so definitely trying to figure out how how to better that and then you know on our end how we can help more people uh you know through our program um but we we've got a a hundred person waiting list right now a little bit more and we have people that will email us like hey just remove me from the list you guys aren't helping me and unfortunately like that's so horrible to hear and uh, like for us to hear that we're like man i there's truly i we let us try to find you somewhere to go come out fishing with us or something like we'll fly to you um but unfortunately you want to help out you want to help everyone i I totally yeah we just don't have we don't have the dollars to do it and uh and so you know i've my wife says that i my plate is beyond full already and I volunteered my time to help out now another nonprofit who is kind of going to partner up with us in some stuff. So they do what we do, but on the hunting side. So shout out cool. to Crimson Trace for providing all the scopes for four season fighters. That's their nonprofit. Awesome. Zach Ames. He's based out of um, Washington. And so he's the oh, one he in the on film. Your, he was piece. on the trip. Yes. Yep. And he, he, yep. And he has his own film, Ebb and Flow. So him and his wife had that six minute long film, but he has a nonprofit, same mission, but through hunting. And so he's, uh, I mean, just probably one of the greatest guys on earth, salt of the earth. And Jose, uh, one of his board members, a triple amputee and I mean, triple amputee. And this guy just shot a deer with his teeth the other day. So one arm wow. and then draws the bow back with his teeth. I mean, talk about a an absolute legend like just he surrounds himself with amazing people and that that guy's the most positive dude in the world surfs he's a surfer and like he's involved in like the you know all the different surf programs that they have for you know paraplegics and everything like that so uh we're going to be helping them out a little bit we're going to do a joint trip coming up here soon that's top secret but uh, (laughs) that's going to be really cool yeah. Yay. And I, I can't stress enough, you know, I think especially right now, people are watching the news. They've seen what happened, uh, you know, in Kabul and just I mean, I think people see it and they're like, oh, that's really sad. And then they're so quick to forget about it. And, you know, the, there's so many awesome nonprofits out there, guys, that you can work with or help or donate to or even just sharing their posts and getting their names known. I mean, you know, there's so many ways to help people like you guys and help nonprofits like you guys, like you said, there's so many different nonprofits. And um, of course we love, we love yours. You know, if we had to pick a favorite, we might pick Iron Freedom Foundation, but there's so many nonprofits out there that you guys can help out, get involved with. And, you know, don't, don't let uh, a news story just kind of come one in here and out the other. 
uh, you know, you guys need our help 24 seven. So, and, and what are some of the, um, and we'll put links to all this in the show notes, factsandfirearms.com slash blog, click on episode 57. But, uh, just for the people listening in the car or while they're running chores or going to sleep, I guess, I don't know. One, one of those, I don't know uh, when you guys listen to our podcast, I don't know. uh, you know, where, where are some of the places that, uh, people can find out more about, uh, about you and, and iron freedom? Yep. So ironfreedom.org, pretty simple. Um, and then our Instagram is the Iron Freedom Foundation. Um, and that's the same for LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, and then for me, Cameron Cush is my Instagram as well as my website. So just my name and then half of my last name, a <laughs> little bit more than half, but uh, yeah, <laughs> ironfreedom.org. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Very good. So we'll have links to all of that in the show notes this week. And while you're there, we're also going to be giving away a couple of little treats from our friends at Lockdown, who Cameron and Emily know well. Uh, we're going to be giving away Thanks, one Lockdown. of the uh, Lockdown Puck uh, smart security devices, as well as a keyed trigger lock from Lockdown. So you could go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog, click on episode 57. You'll get all the links uh, to everything Cameron mentioned today, as well as the entry link to the giveaway as well. So Cameron, thank you so much for joining thank you us so this much, week. Cam. Uh, we encourage all of our uh, listeners and watchers to check out Iron Freedom and uh, we'll, we'll get you some links to some of those short films as well. So Cameron, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you guys. It was, it was a privilege, Dustin, Emily. I really appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, we'll definitely have to stay in touch more and I'll, I'll, come after get out there to you guys let me say that again that was terrible retake that one sorry that, Rewind gosh, it back. Idiot. Uh, yeah, yeah i don't even know what i was saying what a moron uh thanks guys it was a blast being on the podcast i really appreciate it um we're definitely going to stay in touch and i'm definitely going to have to come out your way so yeah come on out yeah. to the old uh, midwestern tri-state up here it's better than missouri and awesome. cincinnati <laughs> Well, <laughs> Missouri's not too bad, but grow, it's growing on me. Good. Well, go. thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you on episode 58. All right. I am up. I am up. The facts of blogging.